0: Sure, of one Parker Colin. I'm forever last to design specifically podcast the scavenger's timeline to welcome everyone. Hey,
1: hey, Colin. Um, yes, what uh, what was that? Uh,
0: well, James, I figured we're always well, hang on, why don't you tell everyone who you are and then I'll tell you what's going on?
1: Um, I'm well, I'm James Anderson. I'd like to tell you that on this show, we're going through the MCU scene by scene until the end of time, but I feel, Aha, like, I'm, yes. I feel like I'm only going you've, backwards here.
0: Yes, you've already come across my bit. You see, I thought maybe we spent too much time in 1931. What if we started doing a thing where we started at the end of time and hmm. started working our way back? So it's the reverse timeline scavengers, but that does mean that every episode will say everything backwards. Perfect. Now I can't quite do that thing where you're like, sorry, say you know, like like, right. a, like a, the like uh, the what's that damn show, uh, Twin Peaks. Right. I know I, I can't do that like you know perfectly like Jordan Reed can. He's mm-hmm. God, he's good at that. Uh, but I can just like say sentences backwards. Um, yeah. so I figured that would be, I, I've, I, I realized that I'm kind of like ambushing you and mm-hmm. like making you make the choice now live on air, but would you be cool with that?
1: Um, say
0: Oh, cool. That's uh, I'm gonna assume that that was yes. I don't really speak Spanish. That's not true. I've been. I that was not a good joke because I've I'm like 400 some days. <laughs> you just insulted your own
1: hard work, which is a I wild really thing did. To do. Yeah. All right. So well, this is Loki season one, episode six. Um, we're starting. Yep, at 35:29, exactly yeah. and <laughs> we're starting at Damn, the yeah. very end and ending uh two minutes earlier. Uh hmm
0: Oh, my God, yes. You also have to watch the clip in reverse. Oh, James, we've really cracked the code on this one.
1: (laughs) And then Uh, all the timelines come back together.
0: Yep, and we all merge, and uh uh-oh, whoops, hey, just kidding. We're going to flash forward. We're going to do a flash forward of the reverse to end up back in 1931. Damn, we're back here where we started. (sighs) Um, This episode is (laughs) about a little TV show. Not sure if you've ever heard of it, but it's called... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's Season 7, Episode (laughs) 1. If you haven't heard it, go look at the last 30 episodes. Um, (laughs) They're all there. Um, Okay, so we're going to be starting this episode at 36 minutes and 43 seconds. And we're going to end at 37 minutes and 3 seconds. Mm. So, here is what happens in that scene. Uh, Hang on, I accidentally scrolled all the way to the top and I just saw the word Malekith and was like, that's (laughs) not it. (laughs) Malakas shows
1: up and he's like, whoa. This This is not what I was expecting. This is a great depression.
0: (laughs) I've never related to a time more than the 1930s. Here we go.
1: Can't even do a depression right.
0: The plug has been pulled, but it's too late. The Chronicom begins spewing out information just nonstop. Target. FDR, Target, FDR, 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 FRD, 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 Freddy, Freddy, Target, Freddy. And so you can see as the the letters begin to change order, right, suddenly it becomes a different name. Uh, And this continues as the music intensifies and amplifies. And then eventually he essentially just Mm self-destructs. He pops like a little uh, like lava pimple on his face, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then he essentially just completely melts from top down mm-hmm. um and that's all she wrote as he disintegrates into the floor in front of their very eyes they all look on in horror because there's no way to stop it uh well okay, i want to say they all look in horror but really it's yo-yo and simmons enoch is of course cool as a cucumber <laughs>
1: um, this happens often
0: yeah he was he was like yes i did see this coming
1: <laughs> this um, was a design flaw that i told them about and they said no you're crazy why don't you get back to earth and i said no
0: if you go back a few episodes in timeline scavengers <laughs> i believe you'll find that i told you so
1: e- Enoch, um, big fan of the show
0: yeah hey enoch thank you so much for being such a big fan hey if you ever want to come on and talk about your time with agents of shield please let us know i don't understand uh, the point yeah uh <laughs> so okay so blah, 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 he's cool as a cucumber uh so i did actually write that joke in yeah. I, I will admit um Mostly because I was just like, he's a cucumber. He's he's a robot man. Uh, Well, yeah, anyway. (laughs) Uh, Finally, yeah, true. Finally, Yo-Yo snaps back to reality and, you know, it's kind of like, whoa. And then then looks over to Simmons and says, who's Freddy? And so, with this, this brings, uh, this very short scene brings to everything a culmination of the uh, interrogation scenes. The big re- uh, revelation here is that FDR was actually a misdirect. I can see James laughing already. And I want to let me get through this next sentence before I ask you a question. Um, so I do realize that I did accidentally let people in the audience in on the fact that FDR was not the target during the uh, Giuseppe uh, Zangara episode. Um, FDR is not the intended target, Freddy is and this is also why in the last episode we were like hey it seems weird that they very weirdly need to remind you who freddie is if you don't remember freddie freddie is the guy who let them in at the door when they give swordfish right and he's like okay you know yeah. they come in everything like that they introduce him he's also the boy whose dad died and Kanan gives him a job and a place to live at a heavily discounted price uh and uh that's basically all you really ever see like the people in the field don't know this, uh, that, you know, that he's actually the target, yeah. uh, but it doesn't matter because that's where the scene ends. Yep. Uh, so there really isn't much left to talk about, but I do have something for you, but James, I want to say you were laughing a moment ago. What was that revelation for you? So,
1: okay. The revelation is, is the process of writing this reveal and conceptualizing yes. this reveal. So, Do you think, it had to be that they were going back to 1931, they're like, oh, cool, we can do something with FDR. So then we we want it to be, it's not FDR, it's someone else. Well, what's Mm -hmm. kind of like FDR? And then eventually they were like, what if we have a character named Freddy? And then we have the Chronicom sort of talk really fast and like, then reveal Freddy. And I feel like everyone in the room had to been like, Really? I mean, okay, I guess, I okay, Freddie. All right, yeah, Freddie, and like, just to, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna just wink at the future episodes of this television program. It's weird when, kind of a major character in a season, is come up with sort of as a, a funny, not a funny thing, but like, by necessity, like if it was uh Calvin Coolidge,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they cow 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 a cow oh he, it's oh no he's going after a cow like
0: it'd be uh, like a calzone they'd be like mm-hmm. oh my god the inventor of the calzone jimmy calzone uh-huh is, yep. they're gonna get him
1: oh, no, i can't do that history okay well hold on
0: yeah hold go on. ahead delete, that delete, one delete.
1: Out, yeah. um yeah so that it just tickled me like the 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 writer's room um <laughs> processing of that was really tickling me <laughs>
0: Speaking of being tickled, Mm -hmm. I just read your Zoom name. Um, I don't know if we've ever actually said it out loud on this show. I know it's very frequently just a thing like that's just for us. But on Zoom, you can rename yourself. Um, And so every episode, James and I rename ourselves uh, some sort of thing that's based around that scene. I just saw that James did something that is definitely dating this episode, right? As far as like what the joke is. So there's obviously a very common thing going around now. That's like the masculine urge or the feminine urge to blank. James has written the Gemma urge to destroy a chronic cop. And that is very good. <laughs> Thank you. That is very good.
1: I forget. Um, we do that every, like, I don't like we sit down and record. I see it's like, you know, join with microphone audio. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. what's my nickname going to be? Oh my God. Yeah. And like, it all of a sudden becomes the most important thing. Um, it's a thing funny. where
0: I've realized now too late, but we really should have been this whole time writing down what we've said every time.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Because that would be fun to someday release.
1: That, yep. Man, we should have. There's no way to go back and figure that out.
0: No, but what we could do is, is maybe we should, okay. Starting I'll in
1: 2022.
0: Yeah, as I say, maybe starting in 2022, or maybe specifically we'll say like when we start like a certain like year, like when we hit like, the actual timeline of like Captain America perhaps okay we're gonna go starting from Captain America on where we're gonna write down our names every time um okay anyway now that we've had that business meeting in the middle of our episode whole point of all of this is that we end the scene right with the conversation of who's Freddie mm-hmm and so, James, there's not a lot to talk about in this episode. It's the end of the, you know, the interrogation stuff. We've already talked about interrogations. Yep.
1: Absolutely.
0: So what could we do? Oh, wait. no, I know. We can invent a new game. Yay. James, welcome to Ooh. Who's Freddy? Ooh. Okay, James, here's how it's going to work. Uh, I'm going to be giving you a few clues That will describe to you a person of fame with the name fred in their name so it could be fred freddy frederick manfred wilfred you get the idea right Sure. what i'm going to do is we have a couple scenes with freddy in in them coming up so i'm going to bring i'm going to bring up this segment each time we see him perfect um love it i'm not going to do two in every episode but like i definitely am for this one so it's probably going to be either one or two every time here is who's freddy number one okay This guy is famous for driving an iconic vehicle across the nation to solve crimes with a group of private investigators. He's pretty fashionable, although he hasn't really changed up his looks since he first came onto the scene. He has an innovative mind for creating contraptions on the fly. He's also known for creating plans for catching the wrongdoers that they are after, although they frequently go awry. James, who's that Freddy, or who's Freddy?
1: He wears an ascot like nobody's business, it is Fred from Scooby-Doo.
0: It is, in fact, Fred Jones from Scooby-Doo. I was gonna
1: guess Fred Jones! Like the character ding, in that ding, 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 ding. Ben Folds song, I just realized that's a so wild
0: connection. Okay, person number two for this episode, and then we'll be on our way. Who's Freddy number two? This acting son of the silver screen has done both traditional and voice acting for many popular franchises. For voice acting... I'm going to pause you recently... right there.
1: Hold on one sec. Yeah. Is it Freddie Prince Jr., the guy that played Fred in the Scooby-Doo movies?
0: James, let me fucking finish my question. <laughs> God damn it. For voice acting, most recently, he was the voice of the Jedi Kanan Jarrus on Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> one of his first big breaks was playing a character in two famous movies about Summer. But he famously... Oh, sorry, but he also famously played another Fred in another, sorry, in a now cult classic movie and its sequel. James, who's Freddy? Uh,
1: well, listeners, please uh, tune in to She's All That Minute coming in 2022 and it stars Freddy Jr.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, also, I did, I will leave in the clip where you're like, wait, I'm going to stop you right there because, <laughs> God, that was funny. I mean, I figured it was going to be obvious, but the fact that you were like, I'm going to stop you right there. Is it fucking Freddy here? I was like, God damn it, James.
1: Well, because I All was right. like, son, okay, so it's like a... And then I had just been thinking about Freddie Prince Jr. as Fred before, because mm-hmm. it was a weird—it's a weird choice—and he played with Velma or with a Daphne being Sarah Michelle Gellar. So it's mm-hmm. like, hey, w- hey, wife, yeah. let's go be in a children's movie together.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, so I've got, these, mm-hmm. I've got a list of these. I've got a list of friends coming up, so yeah. I, I feel like this is going to be a lot of fun. But anyway, thank you. Hey, James, so far you are two for two on who's Freddie. Love it. Uh, And now, play us out, Uh, you know, Fred. -hmm. It's just like it's a keyboard, but it's nothing but the word Fred.
1: (laughs) Fred, 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 Fred. Fred
0: Fred. Okay. Uh, Speaking of music, though, James, that was all that I have. So, James, why don't you give us a little music of 1931?
1: Uh, I'm so glad to be talking about a song that we've already talked about, but performed by someone else.
0: Is this one performed by someone named Fred?
1: Uh, That is a negative. That is a negative. Damn,
0: that would have been perfect. Wouldn't it? Anyway. Wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: Um, okay, this is uh Guy Lombardo's version of Goodnight, Sweetheart.
0: Oh, okay. Hey, we have talked about this song. Yeah,
1: we talked about it. Um, We talked about Al Bolli's version of Goodnight, Sweetheart on the second episode featuring my friend Mark. I went and looked up. So if you want to hear another discussion about this song... More power to you, it's that episode. <laughs> um, so uh, Gaetano, that is G-A-E-T-A-N-O. I love a name that I'm like, I bet it's Guy Lombardo. That's <laughs> nah, probably Guy because of America, but I, I wonder if it's Guy like that character in Mighty Dugs. All right, Gaetano <laughs> Alberto Lombardo was born in 1902. He was a Canadian American band leader, violinist, and hydroplane racer a fun uh, third thing that you probably didn't see coming. Uh, he formed the band The Royal Canadians in 1924 with his brothers Carmen, Liebert and Victor and other, mu- other musicians from his hometown who weren't his brothers. Um, they billed themselves as creating, quote, the sweetest music this side of heaven. So you know, shoot, shoot big. Uh, the Lombardos <laughs> are believed to have sold between 100 and 300 million records during their lifetimes many featuring the band's lead singer from 1940 onward, Kenny Gardner. Kenny Gardner sounds like a, a featured player on SNL. Kenny yeah, Gardner!
0: And Kenny Gardner <laughs> with Bobby Yeah, like that. That's exactly what it is.
1: Um, Lombardo was born in London, Ontario, Canada, the most confusing uh, city name of all time. Because in America, <laughs> we're like, new London. And in Canada, they're like, it's London. Bring it on. Come over here and fight us, London, the other town. All right. He was born to Italian immigrants, Gaetano Alberto and Angelina Lombardo. So he was Gaetano uh, Lombardo Jr. It turns out, or the third. Man. Freddie Prince Jr. Exactly. Um, He's the Freddie Prince Jr. of Canada. If Freddie Prince Jr. was also a hydroplane racer. Um, his father, who had worked as a tailor, was an amateur singer with a baritone voice, and had his and had four of his five sons learn to play instruments so they could accompany him the fifth gummo was not allowed to oh no hold on I, I copy pasted the wrong
0: thing i <laughs> I was like what are the odds I was like that for a split second blew my mind I was like wait no that's a joke
1: gummo lombardo um lombardo <laughs> and his brothers formed their first orchestra while still in grammar school and rehearsed in the back of their father's tailor shop you know millennials these days are just not forming orchestras in grammar school anymore um <laughs> Lombardo first performed. They're so underground. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, first performed in public with his brother Carmen at a church lawn party in London, Ontario, Canada. It just says London here, but that, this is the Canada one, in 1914. His first recording session took place where cornetist Bix Beiderbecke made his recordings in Richmond, Indiana. Again, Richmond, Indiana? Come on. He had it. Uh, this was in Richmond, Indiana, at Gennett Studios. Both during early 1924, that was his first recording session. After that solitary Gennett session, they recorded two sessions for Brunswick, a rejection, a re- rejected session in Cleveland in eight, nine, Wow, in Cleveland in late 1926, and an issued session for Vocalion in early 1927. Then they signed to Columbia, and they were like, "Boy, we're just going to release all of the stuff on this one now." Um, and they recorded prolifically between 1927 and 1931. Although Lombardo's, quote, sweet big band music was viewed by some in the jazz and big band community of the day as boring or mainstream pop, <laughs> okay. he's from Canada. Musicians hate him. Guy Lombardo, the nickel back of the 1930s. Trumpeter Louis Armstrong regularly named Lombardo's band his favorite orchestra. Possibly because Louis Armstrong was a giant troll, but possibly also because he liked them. But, like, doesn't it seem like a very, like...
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally my favorite. You know? <laughs> like, just something like, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. No, he, uh, he's famous for always saying mean stuff.
1: <laughs> Louis oh. Armstrong. Louis not Armstrong. Um, yeah. So, in... Louis psych
0: Armstrong. <laughs> Louis got him Got Armstrong. him.
1: December 31st, 1956, the, Lombard- the Lombardo Band did their first New Year's TV special on CBS. The program and Lombardo's 20 subsequent New Year's Eve TV shows included a live segment from Times Square. Although CBS carried most of the Lombardo New Year specials, from 1965 to 1970, the special was syndicated live to individual TV stations instead of a, broad- a broadcast on a network. By the middle 1970s, the Lombardo TV show was facing competition, especially for younger viewers, from Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. Hell yeah. Which is why the word rockin' is in there, because they originally called it Dick Clark's New Year, not the Lombardo one. This one's actually good Rockin' Eve, and they had to cut it for time. Oh my god. Um, But Lombardo remained famous among viewers, especially older ones. Wikipedia got him. Um even after Lombard- Wikipedia is
0: just out here roasting people.
1: Like, <laughs> oh, like can hey, you know really afford oh, to get roasted. knocked down
0: a peg? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> even after Lombardo's death, the band's New Year's specials continued for two more years on CBS. They just propped up the dead body on stage for two more years. The Royal Canadians recording of the traditional song Auld Lang Syne still plays as the first song of the New Year in Times Square, followed by theme from New York, New York by Frank Sinatra, America the Beautiful. America the Beautiful by Ray Charles, What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong, and Over the Rainbow by Israel Kay. I have a special uh, post-Music of 1931 thing. As you know, Colin, I've been going through uh, comic books, sort of hanging out in the 60s and 70s. And I'm going to send you uh, a couple of things in your Facebook Messenger application. So here are two panels uh, that we can post on our Instagram. The first is from Amazing Spider-Man number 151. The second one is from (laughs) Fantastic Four number 133.
0: Oh, that's funny. That first one's really funny.
1: Um, In the first one, J. Jonah Jameson is being teased by Mary Jane, who is the wildest, most punk rock manic pixie dream girl I've ever seen in a comic book in the 1970s. She's literally like, Woo! You're such a square. I don't care. I'm mad at you, but I'm not. Let's go do cocaine. Um. So she was teasing him about having been in a, in a in a movie she saw recently, and he's like, "Well, or actually, they called me about it, but I was or too busy to, huh?" And then, uh, I think that's Flash Thompson.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure that's Flash Thompson
1: is overlooking at his records, and he says, "Lord, no, not my guy Lombardo records." Yeah. Um. <laughs> So this panel, the, the message of this panel is if you like Guy Lombardo, you're like J. Jonah Jameson. So yeah. this this panel is sponsored by Dick. Reassess Clark. your life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one is from
0: This message brought to you by Louis Armstrong. Right.
1: Got <laughs> him. <laughs> um, so uh, next one is from Fantastic Four. It's an oh it's an establishing shot. Um Sue has just left Reed as she did in the uh, late sixties or early seventies. They've had Franklin. Reed's never around. So she's like, bye. And Medusa's like, hi, you got any slots open for a woman to be on the Fantastic Four?
0: (laughs) Oh, man. We treat women great in this country. (laughs)
1: Fantastic Four. Room for one. Um, (laughs) Okay. uh, Thing says, swell bunch of jokers. We are. It's almost midnight on New Year's Eve. We're in Times Square. And between the five of us, we can't crack one crummy smile. Uh, Great idea you had, Stretcho almost wish I'd stayed home and watched Guy Lombardo on the tube the thing about Alicia though is that she's like I love you even though uh, I can tell by feeling you that you are made of solid rock um, and things like no you don't I have poor self esteem and she's like I know um, my dad's the puppet <laughs> I- master um-
0: <laughs> sorry that really caught me off guard though. I, was like, I have low self esteem I know <laughs> uh, every person that's ever dated me has had that conversation <laughs> Oh, I God. have to reveal right. to you
1: that I have less self-esteem. Oh.
0: They're like, oh, honey, it's sad that you think you have to reveal <laughs> yeah. that. That is not a reveal.
1: But that is um, the special multimedia version of Music of 1931 uh, featuring Guy Lombardo's... Um, they do bold his name, so it was easy to pull out each time they mentioned him um, appearances into uh, Marvel Comics. We, as a podcast, we we sit here... We're, we're sitting here and we have a Twitter mm-hmm. handle and it is at oh. timeline scav. And then something occurs to us. Yeah. And it's that we have a Twitter handle for the network and we say, Hmm, at scavengers net, but then we're sitting there and we're just like, hold on. And it's like the, like, like the middle of the galaxy brain meme. And it's like, yeah. wait, wait, James can be found on Twitter at unabashed James It moves down one. Colin, where can, where can it, we realize that you can be found on Twitter?
0: And then it's like the slightly different galaxy brain where he's kind of like, oh, and it's like, yeah, it's starting to expand. Uh, and that's at Colin and Parker. Perfect. But then it explodes.
1: And it's and it's the it's the kid that's like this. Like the I don't know what his name is, but he's sort of like it's a school picture. Anyways, yeah. um, you ever describe a meme on a podcast? Um, yeah. You can find. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Nick Bermald composed the very professional, despite what you're hearing right now and before, um, music for this show. Uh, You can find him on Twitter at nbermald, that is B-R-A-M-A-L-D, or at nickbermaldcomposer.co.uk. Coming in January, because we've promised that we're going to, Aaron and I, as part of James and Aaron Movie Minutes, are going to start releasing She's All That Minute episodes. We've recorded them all. We haven't edited a single one of them and yet we're planning on releasing them. Thank you. Thank you. It's the second uh golf clap I've gotten tonight while I recorded podcasts. So that's a fun Wait, one. Wait, what was the other one? Uh Rayana, uh did a golf clap for me. Uh, oh. Oh
0: that's nice. Yeah.
1: Well, she we she was holding a microphone, so we we're talking we were laughing about what's the sound of one golf clap, one hand golf clapping.
0: That's funny. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, it was a good time. Wham juice. Um so yeah, you can uh listen to so James and Aaron Movie Minutes is a forebear of this of this this show um we started off uh doing newsies minute by minute every episode is about one minute of a movie we started with newsies then we did the britney spears road road trip movie crossroads then we did can't hardly wait and the fourth installment uh is going to be about she's all that a movie that i thought i remembered more than i did and that uh, seems sort of like half of the writing staff showed up and half of them didn't. And they made a fine movie, but it's like they probably could have had uh, another half of a movie with more plot. But look forward to us slowly realizing that over the course of the movie, starting in January. If you go on the Scavengers Network uh, website at scavengersnetwork.com on the James and Aaron Movie Minutes page, There's sort of modules for each show that we've done uh, that you can Mm -hmm. check it out, you know, dip in, feel around, see what you pull out. Hmm.
0: Well. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Okay. Well. Of the podcast.
1: hmm. Of the podcast. Thank you for listening to Timeless Scavengers. As always, I am James Anderson.
0: And I'm Colin Parker.
1: Oh, Lord, no! Not my Guy Lombardo records!
0: Podcube. 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 <laughs> Podcube. Oh, oh, Podcube. PodCube. Podcasts from the past. Delivered to the future. With Podcube's pseudo-linear 4D adiabatic qubit streaming technology, you can listen to audio from any time or place in space or time or place.
1: Have you ever wondered what Marie Antoinette
0: used to say every time she poured herself a glass of milk? Do you ever wonder about what fruit was, like, the first one? Sate your myriad curiosities with Podcube. We delivered our very first Podcube to the 1800s inside of Alabaster's Haberdashery, the most galvanizing and avant-garde hat shop in the quaint little town of Prumpelshire, UK. Listen for yourself to the flagship Podcube podcast Alabaster's Haberdashery. Here's a message from Alabaster himself. Is this the right is this the right hole for speaking? Search Podcube, all one word in your podcast app or visit poweredbypodcube.com Podcube. Podcube. The future is yesterday.